0: Welcome to Rome. This is The Bittersweet Life with Katie Sewell and Tiffany Parks. Hello, this is The Bittersweet Life. I'm Katie Sewell. I'm Tiffany Parks. Tiffany's in Rome. I'm in Seattle. And we have at last, at last, at last, at last, come to the point where we are doing our Pollyanna episode, our silver linings of the pandemic episode. Yay. We have teased this episode so long that (laughs) I I might be even a year older. No, I know. It hasn't hasn't been that long, but it's been a while. Yeah. But we're doing it. We're doing it today. We're finding the silver lining in a global pandemic today. We're going to be Pollyannas. We're going to have Tiffany's positive outlook on life today. Yes. So, where do we want to begin? We have lots of submissions from people and emails, and we also have some of our own things. Why don't we start with you? Why don't you give us one
1: of your silver linings? Just one? Just one to start. Just one to start. Well, um, I I kind of have personal ones that are specifically to do with my life, and then I have some general ones. And one of my general ones is uh, the rise in remote working, mm. uh, the rise in working from home. And I think that There's probably pros and cons to it. I'm sure there are pros and cons to it, but I choose to look at the pros and we're doing a Pollyanna episode. So I think it's a really wonderful opportunity for a lot of people who are going to be able to say, you know what? I don't feel like living in whatever X city anymore. I can do my job from a different place. And there are gonna be some people who are gonna have to stay in the same time zone more or less because they have to do meetings but there's probably going to be a lot of people who don't need to think about that and could move abroad and not have to worry about, well, you know, I love this job. I don't want to give up this job. And I don't know what kind of job I can get there. And I don't know if I can work there. And I think it could be a wonderful way for a lot of people to make their dreams of becoming an expat um, fulfilled or just moving to a different place or or even something as simple as moving to a place with a lower cost of living.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, And I think that that could be really great for a lot of people. And Not to mention the whole, you know, all of the day-to-day things like not having to fight traffic and not having to sit in an office that maybe is not a pleasant place to be. Maybe there's no light. Maybe you're in a cubicle. Maybe you're around people you don't like. Maybe the air is bad. Maybe the lighting is bad. Not everybody cares about that. A lot of people really like to be in an office. But I think that for people like me particularly and probably a lot of others, you know, the idea of just being able to work in your own home that you know is the way you want it to be, and is comfortable and nice, like you want it to be, and still be able to do your work. I think it's just a great opportunity.
0: Yeah, for sure. I have a I have an audio clip we can put with that, actually. Okay, great. Yeah, let's take a listen. Hi, this is Dana
2: Zoller, and I live in Palm Desert, California. The first silver lining that I thought of was not having to pack my lunch the night before I go to work. It's been very nice working from home to not have to think about lunch until it's lunchtime and so I really appreciate not having to remember that I have to pack my lunch and then sometimes it's you know right before bed and oh shoot I forgot to pack it and getting up and trudging out to the kitchen and making my lunch so I'm very happy that I can just have lunch at lunchtime. The (laughs) Another silver lining that I thought of Uh, was getting to watch all of the nature in my yard. Our family is lucky enough to live in a house that has um, some yard. And we have started filming all of the different wildlife with our GoPro cameras. So we have filmed uh, baby bunnies in our yard, as well as mourning doves nesting and laying eggs, then hatching the eggs, and then having the baby birds fly away. We have caught lizards fighting on the tree outside, ants doing their job, all assortment of creatures in our yard with our GoPro camera. so that has been fun. My favorite silver lining is that my occupation is a music teacher for elementary students, and my normal work day brings me into contact with about 150 kindergartner through fifth graders throughout the day, all coming in and out of the music room, It is a noise-making class with singing and instrument playing and all sorts of things. If you can remember learning how to play the recorder and having 30 of those all happening at once, you can see my usual level of noise. And one of my favorite things about teaching music during distance learning is the mute button on Zoom. And I hate to admit it, but it's true. I do miss hearing them, and I do miss hearing the singing and their stories, and their music playing, but I appreciate the mute button a great deal. My ears have been very thankful during distance learning.
1: So that's hilarious, but I do have to say, like, as someone who studied music, how helpful it is it if your teacher can't hear you? Well,
0: I think if you're, <laughs> if you're saying, okay, everybody... Now we're going to do hot cross buns as a group. Ah, group lessons. (laughs) Okay, group lessons. That's different. A whole bunch of kids playing the recorder. No one wants to hear that. But I think the lunch (laughs) thing is also an interesting point because I've worked from home for a while now. So I'm used to just going down and making something out of the fridge. But yeah, back in the day when I used to have to go to an office and I had to plan it, half the time I didn't even eat. (laughs) Or I'd eat like whatever was free in the office fridge. I remember one time I was at an office and I'd forgotten to bring food and I didn't have any money for some reason with me. Like maybe I'd forgotten my wallet too. Mm-hmm. Boy, it must've been a bad day. But <laughs> the, one of the three things that you could get at my office was milk to put in your coffee. And I was so hungry that I was just drinking glass after glass of milk all day long. Why didn't you ask one of your colleagues to like lend you 10 bucks? I know, right? I don't know. I don't know. That's a good question.
1: Yeah, I don't like the lunch (laughs) thing either. And I have this thing, um, I don't like to be bothered while I'm eating. And that's not to say that like if I'm out with a friend, that's, that's different. Like if I'm out to dinner or to a meal with friends or with my husband or whatever... But if I'm at home and I'm going to eat something, I will wait until there's nobody around. Nobody is in the kitchen. I want to be able to have that moment in peace and not be interrupted. It's kind of one of my little pet peeves that drives me crazy is when someone bugs me when I'm eating, if they're not eating with me, you know. And so at my office, there's no lunchroom, very small office. There's no lunchroom. There's nowhere to go to eat. You can go out to eat, but... Whatever we eat, we have to bring it back with us. Like, we don't have enough time to go out, buy food, and eat out. We're supposed to bring it back to our desks and, like, eat at our desk, which is a stupid rule that I don't know why they came up with, but that's the rule. And I hated it. I hated having to eat at my desk. I hated having to have other people be walking in while I was eating. I find it really, really unnerving. Sometimes my boss will come in and ask me to do something while I'm having lunch. And I find that (laughs) so rude. It's like I'm having my lunch and you're coming in here asking me to do something. So I have to stop eating. Yes. I'm so happy I don't have to do that anymore.
0: I understand that. I'm not like you in that way as much, but I am like that at breakfast. I really, really want to just be able to sit and read at breakfast without somebody talking to me.
1: Yeah, breakfast more than anything. Just
0: to wake up. Just to be able to read the paper or something,
1: just be on my own. All
0: right, so back to the silver linings, though. We don't want to get into the negative here. We have to go to the positive. Right. Oh, sorry. Sorry. Oops. Why don't we read one of these emails that we received? Okay, great. Jill writes, My family and I are still mourning the loss of my father. Last year, he succumbed to a very aggressive cancer that spread throughout his body, changing his life drastically in a very short period of time, just six months. It was so difficult for everyone who knew my dad because he was a vision of youth, enjoying life in a very kind, cool, and collected manner. He loved to golf, play shuffleboard, and walk the beach as a snowbird with my mom. He loved family gatherings, catching up over glasses of wine, and grilling filet mignon for everyone on their first night's visit. So shocking was how my father walked one day and was paralyzed at the next due to the metastasized cancer that was attached to his spinal cord. This was so hard to take, knowing how much my dad loved to be active, alongside watching him suffer and lose so much weight. Now by now, you're, I'm sure you're wondering what the hell my silver lining is. Well, my silver lining during this very upsetting pandemic is I gained time with my mom. I moved home to Pittsburgh for two and a half months and became roomies with my mom for the first time in 24 years. Some highlights of our time together include participating in daily quests, thanks to your episode number 302. Taking my mom on her first mountainous hike. Witnessing my mom speak so cordially to Google. Oh, hi Google, how are you? Can you please give me directions to the nearest TJ Maxx? Thank you. Seeing my mom leave old bottles of Gatorade and bags of chips out for the young team of grass cutters each week. My dad loved togetherness, and this past summer I shared a very special togetherness with my mom. It is a time that I have grown from that I will always be grateful for, and that I can look back on with a smile even in the midst of all this sadness. Wow, thank you, Jill,
1: for sharing that. That's really wonderful. I
0: think quality time is something a lot of people are grateful for, and the slower pace of things. Mm. It's funny because I think with everything being more difficult, where all of a sudden it's not just easy for me to pop by my parents' house and hang out for a half an hour on my way to something else, I have come to treasure time with them more. I will say that I always am a person who treasures time with people I love, but it's different. It's different when you can't just easily go over for dinner. You have to go over and sit apart from each other in a yard. It just creates a sort of longing that I think in some cases Mm -hmm. is resetting people's values. Definitely, Or at least the people that they value spending time with Mm -hmm. and stripping away some of the people that maybe were like colleagues that you didn't like as much or people who just, I don't know, were relationships of obligation. I was talking to a friend of mine this morning and he said that in general, he doesn't really miss people as much as he thought he would. Yeah. He's been spending time with his wife and his kids and seeing a few select friends here and there, people like me that he really likes. But most of the people he's not seeing anymore and he says, I don't miss it at all, not at all.
1: Well, yeah, it's kind of like our introvert extrovert episode. We kind of talked about that as well. Like I thought I would, it would bother me more to not be seeing other people. <laughs> it's not. It's not. <laughs> I mean, some people it is really bothering. But yeah, as far as quality time, that was also on my list of uh, spending quality time with as a family and so much time with my son. Every parent, every working parent or parent of a child who's in school has that feeling of sort of like, oh, I wish I had more time with my kid, you know, and feeling like, well, it is what it is. There's nothing I can do about it. I have to work. He goes to school or she goes to school. Even though I was lucky that, you know, I was able to pick him up at four o'clock. So I, you know, I had a relatively short day and I had all the evening with him. I still felt like, man, just so many hours of the day, we're not together. All of a sudden I'm in a situation where. I'm with him all day. Yeah. And oh, my God, it was awful. I'm just kidding. Um, (laughs) (laughs) No, no, no. It was wonderful. I think there were obviously moments of frustration. But all in all, it was so great to have this like big chunk of time. I got really lucky because I think he was the perfect age to go through it with me, at least for me, <laughs> yeah, because he wasn't so young that he needed constant care. I mean, he is little, but he didn't need diaper changes and he didn't need round-the-clock nursing and that kind of thing.
0: And he wasn't like a fourth grader where you'd have to be helping him with math all day long. Yes,
1: yes. He also was not someone who had to be in school, like distance learning school. And also he wasn't suffering greatly for missing his friends. I think he did miss his friends to a certain extent, but four-year-olds, our family is still the paramount family mama and dad are still like by far the most important people in your world whereas a teenager their friends are extremely important at that age so I feel like I was really lucky with that but I mean I'll never ever forget this time that we had together and that's a huge silver lining for me let's listen to another piece of tape okay
3: this is Elisa from Bozeman and Our silver lining is normally within the first two weeks of school, kids would come home with colds. And so far, we haven't had any of that, and we're almost four weeks in. The kids are being sanitized constantly. They're washing their hands constantly, have the mask on. So, yeah, no sickness so far.
0: I think that's a benefit, actually, that a lot of adults are experiencing, too. Yeah, I
1: bet you're right.
0: I think medically, they're finding that some of the common colds and stuff, the things that doctors usually are seeing people for, are less common and who knows that could be because people aren't going to doctor's offices but it could be that we're all wearing masks and so we're just not catching stuff as much
1: and also because we're just washing our hands constantly crazy like constantly <laughs> yeah. um, aurelio is obsessed with the gel like he wants to when we were on vacation the hotel had it sort of everywhere like everywhere you could walk every room you walked into every elevator There was like the, the gel and he just would just call every single time he saw it he wanted to use that stuff and i kept being like aurelio Calm down with the gel, okay? You don't need to use it every two seconds. But that's actually also another big silver lining for me because he, as you know, always got sick constantly and particularly like bronchial issues. And when you have bronchial issues, like chronic bronchial issues, every time you get it, it's just a little bit worse and it's a little bit worse and it's a little bit worse. On the other hand, the longer you go without getting bronchitis, the stronger your lungs become and the less likely you are to have it. And so he has gone the longest he's ever gone without having bronchitis and the longest he's gone without being on antibiotics. So I am so grateful for that. And I think that it's really uh, helped him, you know, build up his immune system. So
0: yay. That's great. (laughs) All right. A couple more clips here. Hi, Katie
2: and Tiffany. This is Hannah. I'm talking to you from the Piazza of St. Peter's Basilica in Rome as I walk home from work. But I just wanted to tell you quickly, my Pollyanna moment or silver lining from the pandemic has been so much more time to read. I really let myself rediscover my love of reading during the lockdown especially, and now I'm realizing as normal activities resume in Rome and I have more appointments in the evenings and after work that I really need to make an effort to have some evenings quiet at home so that I can still enjoy reading and not just fall asleep with a book in my hand at the end of the day.
4: Hey, Katie and Tiffany, this is Stephanie from the Geopets podcast, and I'm here with my husband and we want to talk quarantine fun. We've been doing slightly different things, so I'm going to let my husband start because he has the more interesting projects.
0: So I wake up every morning, I read, I drink coffee, and then we go for a really long walk, and then I work on my data
1: science projects.
4: (laughs) Yeah, he just finished a three-month data science course. Whereas I've been taking German classes, online German class, and reading a lot. And those long walks for me have gotten up to 23,000 steps per day, which is pretty high for me.
0: And reading for me means that I've almost finished Moby
3: Dick.
4: You know we have everything we need it's just a matter of not being around people but we're keeping busy by having people in our lives through our electronics and through our media so thank you so much for these episodes they've been really fun to listen to both of your experiences on a daily basis as well as your other listeners it's really nice to hear who else is listening to you so thanks so much ciao ciao thank you for those i would say
0: i always read a lot (laughs) so i don't know that anything has changed for me in the pandemic Derek always likes to come to the table. This is one of the ways he loves to interrupt me at breakfast, Tiffany, is he (laughs) loves to come over to the table and lean over and go, my wife is a voracious
1: reader (laughs) (laughs) over whatever book I'm reading. How many books would you guess you read in a year?
0: Mm, Are we counting fully read or partially read?
1: Well, I know you read a lot of books for interviews that you do that you don't fully read, but I don't think that should be counted as zero, but maybe not, Like maybe that's a half a book.
0: Yeah, I would probably say anywhere from 40 to 50, maybe more. It depends. That's a lot of books. It's a lot of books, yeah. I always have something going. Right now, I have uh, three different books going, So, and that's only because I finished Jennifer Dassel's book for the interview last week, <laughs> so I had four going before then. I want to
1: read that so much, by the way you got to save that for oh, me. Oh, I should
0: send you this copy. Send it to me.
1: Or save or it for me. Or you could order it. Yeah, I could order it. That would probably be the best thing to do.
0: But I've also heard from other people about the reading thing that one friend of mine said, I now can wake up in the morning. Granted, he's not retired, but he has a, he's a professor, so he works whenever the class is happening later in the day. But mm-hmm. he said that he can wake up in the morning now and lay in bed and read for two hours without feeling guilty like he should be doing something else. Wow. He said, Hey, every day is like Groundhog Day. Now, where do I have to be? So (laughs) I think people are definitely giving themselves permission to not rush around and do other things. Yeah. Because tomorrow is going to be the exact same as today,
1: in many ways. So if you want to lay in bed and read for two hours, go for it. Hmm. See, if I'm going to be in bed, I want to be sleeping. (laughs) (laughs) That's for me, another silver lining, actually, for the first time in my life. Well, no, that's Let's not say the first time in my life. For the first time since I had Aurelio, which feels like the first time in my life, I have been able to just wake up whenever I wake up, within reason, obviously, because I have a little kid and he's not going to sleep past eight o'clock. But to me, sleeping until eight, you're not getting up at eleven. No, no. But I mean, to me, to the life I was used to sleeping until eight o'clock, it's kind of like sleeping until eleven for me. I just feel like, oh my gosh, it's eight (laughs) o'clock. How how is that possible? Yes. Just that feeling of not having to be like, oh, my God, it's so late. I got to get up. I got to rush. I got to (laughs) go. Yeah. Which was what every morning was like, especially with a kid that you have to get off to school and get him to eat and get him to brush his teeth and get him to put his clothes on. And It was just so nice to just be like, let's just get up. You know, let's not get up like at noon, but whatever time we get up is okay.
0: Hi, Katie here, interjecting briefly. If you've come to love the show over the years or months or days, if you've just found us, support it in your own way. If you like to write, write a review about the show on Apple Podcasts, and Tiffany might even use it in an Instagram post. If you love to talk, tell a friend about us. Tell your family members. If you have the means, donate. Your financial support is vital and a major compliment. There's a donate button at our website thebittersweetlife.net or go to Patreon for extra content and prizes, patreon.com slash thebittersweetlifepodcast. There are links in the show notes. And if you donate, you will get a thank you note handwritten by one of us in the mail, along with some prizes. Oh, I have to play a couple more pieces of tape after that. Yeah.
1: Hey, this is Chris out of Bozeman, Montana. And I'm calling about my silver lining as a clean freak. Everybody else is as clean as I am. Wiping down areas, giving me the space at a restaurant, that middle row on a plane. Just everything is clean and nobody's crowding each other. Love it. When I was working as a paramedic plus traveling a lot, and then I quit working and as a paramedic about a year and a half ago. But then I was still traveling with COVID. I have slept in my bed more now consecutive nights than I did since I was 18.
5: Hi, Katie and Tiffany. This is Sarah. My main one is that when I got married to my husband who has two children a few years ago and became a bonus mother, I discovered about myself that I struggled to relax, fully relax at our home when other people were home. I felt highly aware of wanting to be the quote unquote perfect stepmom and be Available to answer questions or to help or to jump up and do something. I would always wait for everybody to be completely gone before I'd give myself permission to take a nap or maybe watch a fluffy TV show on a Tuesday afternoon. And I'm learning that during this time when we're all home together for weeks at a time, I have had to learn how to take a nap with other people in the house or how to watch a TV show with other people in the house the surprising Pollyanna moment is that turns out they never really cared. There wasn't any judgment when I finally took the time to do it. And so my silver lining is I can now relax in my home regardless of who is home with me. The second one is as an introvert, I have always struggled with being out at say a grocery store and running into somebody that I know historically have actually Done gymnastics essentially, trying to move from aisle to aisle without being seen, so that I didn't have to have an exhausting small talk conversation around the cereal aisle. What I'm learning about being able to be out with a mask and even kind of dress down beyond what I would normally wear or letting my hair be naturally curly is that I'm nearly unrecognizable. So I can actually just shop the cereal aisle without having to stop and have an exhausting conversation, even if somebody I know is there. Thank you so much for your podcast and for keeping us all company during this crazy time. I enjoy listening to it every week. So I have to say that when it comes to Sarah, that's
0: one of my silver linings is uh, I've always been able to relax for the most part. But I will say that as a person who works from home prior to this pandemic, Derek already had the option to go to the office or to work from home a couple days a week because by moving to Seattle, he went remote which took over a year to get permission to do, which seems so silly now mm-hmm. but, because everybody's doing it. But when we wanted to move from San Francisco to Seattle, we had to appeal uh, to their better nature to let us do that. But anyway, he, he did have an office he could go to. And I used to, every day that he was staying home or he'd stay home multiple days, I'd be, I'd be down there saying, so you are going to go to the office sometime this week, right? <laughs> and part of that was because I really felt like I couldn't concentrate when he was here. hmm especially on mornings when I was going to try to write, I knew I would have to go so deep into it that I couldn't even hear somebody rustling around or feel like, oh, it's lunchtime. Maybe I should figure out what we're doing for lunch or whatever. And now I don't... Him being home doesn't bother me at all.
1: You've just gotten used to it.
0: Yeah. That's good. That's a silver lining. Uh, Let's read another email.
1: Okay. So Carol writes... I've been listening to your podcast since I discovered you early in Italy's lockdown, as a newbie expat just arrived. So all things expat Italian were of immense interest to me. Thank you, by the way, for many engaging, interesting, and entertaining hours. The silver lining for my husband and I is that we bought a little second-hand boat it was not on our agenda or in our plans, but finding ourselves in a location with many canals and boats, it occurred to us that maybe having a little boat could provide us with a purpose, we are retired, and solve the problem of social distancing all in one fell swoop. And it has, and much, much more. We spend many happy hours cleaning, repairing, and generally fixing it up, and our world has really opened up through owning our little boat, which is called Have a Lot of Patience. tanta Pazienza. We are slowly learning about navigation and being on the canals and on the sea. There is so much to do and learn. It's quite amazing that such a wonderful way of life has opened up for us. Just thought I would share this with you guys. Perhaps it will bring a little bit of inspiration and joy to those hearing this.
0: I love that. I love that.
1: Yeah, that's wonderful. That's just wonderful.
0: I don't know if you feel like reading two emails in a row, but we have another email that's very similar about trying new things during this pandemic.
1: Sure. I will read it. Hillary writes I've always wanted to do ballet, but I've been nervous about starting out and knowing nothing. I'm not all that flexible and I've never danced. In March, when my city of San Francisco started sheltering in place, I found some dance teachers who have free classes on Instagram Live, which meant I could make some of my stupid beginner mistakes in the privacy of my home and build my confidence. Now I've done 21 consecutive weeks of beginner ballet classes once or twice a week and I no longer think I'd feel embarrassed to take a class in a studio once they've safely reopened. I'm so proud that I can now do a pirouette, which is way harder than I initially thought. If anyone listening wants to give this a try too, I've stuck with one teacher in Philadelphia for most of the quarantine. Her her name is Amy Novinsky, and her classes are now paid on Zoom, not free on Instagram. So even though I'm a middle school teacher and teaching online is much more frustrating than teaching in person, I'm glad that I've had this opportunity to finally start a hobby that I've wanted to for years. Thanks for the always enjoyable podcast and for indulging our Pollyanna sides this week.
0: That's so great. Both of those are so great. I love this idea of picking up a totally different lifestyle during the course of this pandemic because we all kind of feel, well, I don't know how we all feel because these two are different, but Mm -hmm. people feel limited, I think. We can't do as much and as thoughtlessly as we used to be able to do. And so the idea that you could figure out ways to expand your life during this time, I think is, is really great. It is really, really great. Let's do one more audio clip, shall we? Okay.
3: Well, it's another bittersweet day in Edmonds, Washington. As a retired person, I do what I do most every day, despite the pandemic. I just got back from my five-mile walk through the woods, the beautiful neighborhoods, the blooming azaleas and rhododendrons of all colors, and I've gotten home to play a little music to bide away the time. After reading the newspaper and seeing 2,000 people gathering in protest in Olympia because they feel like their freedom has been taken away by the government, and one sign seems to depict it very nicely, give me freedom or give me death, they may get their wish. But I just uh, like to play music in the afternoons and look out the window at the beautiful scenery. and... Don't let the virus see I thought Corona was a beer I can go outside just can't let anybody do I'm always scratching my eyes I'm always wiping my nose I'm always touching my face That's where the virus goes Good luck to my friends Since all touching my sins Look out your window and smile, don't let the virus in, don't let the virus in, have a great day out there.
0: Thank you for that song, Mike. Mike actually sent me that song a number of months ago, but I never had a chance to use it, so uh, happy to use it now in our Pollyanna episode he also sent an email update that I can read along with that. He says, live musical performances have had to be canceled, but online concerts have become popular and seeing performers in their homes is fun. I play in several groups and we've taken Italy's lead and had outdoor gatherings of small group to serenade the neighbors who can sit on their porches or decks and be socially distanced, but still attend. I think that's really great too. Mm -hmm. There was a guy in a neighborhood near mine, who was an opera singer. And I don't know if he's still doing this, but early in the quarantine, when we were actually in lockdown, lockdown, every day at the same time, he would go out onto his front lawn and would perform opera. Oh my gosh. And the word got around. And so people would walk with their dogs and all stand really far apart and listen to this man sing every evening. I love stuff like that. Oh my gosh. I know, it's so lovely. The creativity that people have done during this period of time has been really one of the most inspiring things about it because I think we all get tired of Zoom meetings and things, but like we were saying in, the, um, in that recent voting episode, some of the inventiveness of how people are choosing to do these online things has been really fun to watch, fun to just see people try to adapt mm-hmm. and also keep entertaining and engaging with each other,
1: even if we can't be nearby. Have you done anything different or you know out of the ordinary out of your comfort zone during this time learned a new skill or tried something new I don't think so (laughs) come on you can find something
0: I've taken a few writing classes online but I was already studying writing I kind of have Mm -hmm. been since college um, and I had been intensively trying to learn more about writing over the last four years but I have taken a few writing classes online. I have watched a few art history classes online. I just don't feel like those things are out of the realm of the stuff I was already interested in.
1: No, not not really. But still, like, deepening your passion and knowledge is always good, too. Yes. I feel like I did the same. I can't think off the top of my head of anything new that I attempted besides maybe teaching my son how to read, which... Definitely out of my comfort zone and out of my qualification level. Sure. (laughs) But you know I memorized poetry. Yes. And I memorized the entire canto uno, the first canticle of the Inferno from the Divine Comedy. Would you like to give us a sample? Okay. I wouldn't attempt to do the whole thing right now because it's way too long, but I'll give you the first little bit. Nel mezzo del cammin di nostra vita, mi ritrovai per una selva oscura, che la via diritta era smarita. Those are like the first two standards. Wow, that's beautiful. It is gorgeous.
0: Is this the first thing you've memorized in Italian?
1: It is, besides, you know, I used to sing opera.
0: Right, right. But I mean, from your memorization.
1: I think so. I mean, I may have memorized something very short in the past that I can't think of right now, I've never memorized anything so long in a foreign language by far.
0: That's great. I mean, I've tried paddleboarding,
1: but <laughs> I I
0: actually went to Lake Union, which is a lake that sits in the middle of Seattle and rented a paddleboard and took it out by myself. So that was new. That's cool. That's cool. But maybe this is highlighting a point of the changes that we need to make as this this uh, pandemic continues. <laughs> it's maybe I need to get my equivalent of a boat or ballet lessons and get on it. To end, let's do like a rapid fire of three other things without much explanation that you're grateful for and I'm grateful for. I'll go first. One of the things that has been the unexpected benefit of this pandemic is that we're not spending as much money. Mm, True. So that's one.
1: All right. For me, just having a lot more time to work on my writing.
0: That's a good one.
1: I used to have to really, really get creative and miss a lot of sleep and do a lot of I have a lot more time to actually like be s- by myself and write which is very very appreciated that's great another one for me I would say is
0: kind of what I think of as in my head as cooking demystified and <laughs> it's not that I couldn't cook before but I think because we've cooked at home now almost every single day since March that I feel like I can pull something together without as much worry and faster than I think I would have thought I could
1: prior to this pandemic. Hmm. That's good. I cannot say the same for myself. (laughs) Well, All right. How about you? What's another one? Another one is I think there are benefits to the environment. That's true. That we will see maybe down the line. A lot of fewer planes flying a lot fewer, fewer cars on the road, and it might not be permanent, but I think if we see a big enough change for the good, maybe we'll consider making some of these changes permanent. Yeah, I hope so. All right, mine's kind of related. I'll say my
0: final one. I'm sure I'll wake up in the morning and think, oh, what about that, what about that? But this is uh, the final one I can think of right now. It has to do in the environment is one of the things that I've enjoyed is seeing my yard change over the course of time my little micro environment of watching how the seasons change within it and like for instance right now we are getting a giant flock of starlings coming through every day in the afternoon like right around now they'll start showing up when we're recording they weren't here a couple weeks ago and soon they won't be here anymore i don't know just sort of watching the shifting patterns because i'm constantly looking at the same window has been interesting
1: for me, the final one is just not having to be in crowded places. Mm. When we were in Naples earlier this month, we went to see a really an amazing sculpture called The Veiled Christ. I, I'm going to describe it because I'll probably do a mini episode about it because it was that amazing. It's in a beautiful little chapel and it's, it's the most important work of art there. And people go there specifically to see this sculpture. And because of the pandemic, they could only let in a certain number of people at a time. And it was kind of frustrating because we had to wait about 45 minutes to get in, even though we had booked our tickets in advance and everything. But when we were in there and we were were looking at it afterwards, we both said to each other, Claudio and I, we're like, how nice is it to go to a place that's extremely popular like that, that a lot of people want to see and not have to be squished in with people? Isn't it so much more enjoyable to get to see it like that? we were by no means the only people there. It was, it was a very popular site. And Naples was actually quite crowded when we were there. But when we went to see this site, which is a deeply moving work of art, we didn't have to be in a squished crowd of people. That was nice.
0: That's great. All right, well, we'll leave it there. Hopefully this generated some appreciation in all of us for the good things that are going on right now in the midst of some bad things that are going on right now. And thanks to everybody who submitted your stories, your emails, your audio clips. Really appreciate it.
1: Yeah, we always love hearing from you guys. So whether or not we make a call for submissions of uh, audio clips or emails, we always appreciate your feedback on any subject. So you can always email us at com, or you can send a voice memo, which we like even more. And as you know, as you've heard, we do play them on the show from time to time, or you can get in touch with us via social media, if you prefer that. Just look for The Bittersweet Life podcast.
0: Yes. And until next time, this is The Bittersweet Life. I'm Katie Sewell. I'm Tiffany Parks. Join us again. Bye. If you love this show, you have the ability to keep it going. There are three things that you can do right now. First, tell a friend about it. Send a text to someone today. Or make a social media post and tag us. Second, write a review on Apple Podcasts. If you need help doing it, just ask us. Third, vote with your dollars. You pay to visit a museum. You pay to rent a movie online. If you get some enjoyment from this show, become a patron at patreon.com slash Podcast, or donate at our website, thebittersweetlife.net. Thank you for taking action. Talk to you next week. Bye.